0: Hello and welcome to the Ultra Working Podcast. Chris Natterer and I here today. And uh, this is the show about how Chris is using sensors. Chris, we're doing a show about how you're using sensors.
1: Let's, Let's get started. I'm excited. I like this topic a lot, obviously. I
0: like this topic a lot too. So, I mean, before we get into it, right, before we get into it, look, there's like hardcore super fitness nerds and athletes, there's people that wanna optimize their biochemistry, there's people that are doing triathlons or elite sport training. This might be a fun jumping off point for them. Let's just be real about it. For the average person that's not dialed in and is still at McDonald's three times a week, it's like completely irrelevant, right?
1: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, there is the element maybe of, uh, sometimes people will ignore something that's vague and in the background, you know, like, uh, high blood pressure, Uh, you don't really care about it, but then maybe if you actually see the numbers, you might start caring, so there might be this element.
0: I guess what I'm saying here, and then I agree with you, I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, a lot of times somebody gets into a new sport and they're like, I gotta go buy the really expensive gear, the really expensive whatever. We're not telling people to go buy a couple thousand dollars of sensors and invest a ton of time setting them up and running regressions and stuff if you're not already on best practices. You happen to be on very good best practices and rigorous tracking. At various times, I've been on very thorough tracking that I could then correlate with, with a sensor myself. It's not where to start. This is a right. advanced show, but the cool factor is high. Certainly. So there's a little bit of cool factor, a little bit of see in the future, maybe inspiration for some other fields. But if someone's looking for some stuff to go do tomorrow, hey, do you got a plan the next day thing? Do you got a weekly review? Do you got a fitness plan Is your nutrition? Yeah. Okay, so we're not telling nobody to go buy a bunch of sensors if they don't have the fundamentals down.
1: I I wouldn't say so, no.
0: I just want to make that clear because sometimes people get all hyped and they're like, that's the answer. I'm going to say, like, you don't need to. (laughs) But it's so cool.
1: It it is, it
0: is. So let's talk about why it's cool. So we've got three points to talk about why sensors are useful and we could jump around and talk about the different topics. But first off, like, it's the future.
1: Um, Yes, for sure. Um, You know, we're still in the early phases of what these things can do. But I think eventually you'll have almost like a I don't know, like a Star Wars tricorder attached to your wrist that can get all of these different really insightful and predictive um, yeah data about your about your, your body and, and how you how you work and how you function and and maybe um, you know the substance will also really start to be able to tell us things in advance before they occur.
0: Yeah, that's really cool if it predicts, like, hey, based on this fluctuation, you might have got exposed to viral or bacterial particles, heavy dose on anti inflammatories and vitamin C, and rest a lot. Like, that's going to be super cool when that, and could well happen in our lifetimes. Um, But, like, right now, it's still kind of janky. Like, you use a CGM continuous glucose monitor. Yeah. I've used a continuous glucose monitor. Uh, It's like you got to, like, poke a needle into yourself through a thing, depending on which country you're in, it might be like lightly regulated, We gotta get doctor's approval to do it, mm. which I don't understand why, but like, I mean like I, maybe there's some use case where it's, right. I think it just came out of the medical industry, so it got class there, even though it seems relatively harmless, other sensors don't, aren't, aren't regulated. Um, it's like a little bit of a hassle to set up and get going and track, like more than most people will use. Uh,
1: yes, you need to spend some time up front really understanding what's going on before these devices become useful, specifically in the case of a CGM, it's not that straightforward yet. Okay.
0: With all these prefaces, we're not telling you to buy anything, it's a big headache and like, they're not all ready for prime time, certainly not for the general public. Let's get into how you're using them because it's super yeah. cool. I wanted to just preface so nobody goes out and drops a couple grand on stuff and a bunch of right. time and gets nothing out of it, yeah. right? I don't want to mislead people into doing nothing. Right. But you are doing some super cool stuff. So the first thing, Shaping behavior through visibility.
1: Right. So, I mean, this might not work for everybody, but I'm someone that if I see, you know, black and white or, or in a, on a graph that a certain behavior that I'm doing is, is causing some results, I'm much more likely, like immediately almost, I want to adjust my behavior to, sh- to shift it towards... Um, the the outcome that I think is better. So um, that's where, for example, the uh, you know something like an Apple Watch or a step tracker will get people to actually you know walk more or, or stand up more often because now they can actually see how often they're not walking around or sitting down, and um, it creates visibility not only around activity but also around you know, weight, for example, that's a very simple tracker. Uh, just stepping on the scale every day might motivate you to, you know, shift certain behaviors towards uh, getting to, you know, a better weight.
0: Well, now I feel ethically obligated to make my, you need to do like a rolling 20-day average on your weight on the scale, not overreact because sure. you have a little bit of salt sure. or a little bit of carbs and your weight right. balloons up or down. What what your weight, your weight fluctuations day to day are mostly water. It's your rolling average across weeks is probably accurate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, True. So for example, one thing is like there are these scales that will give you your body fat percentage as well. These things are widely inaccurate.
0: Yeah, they're not good. Yeah. Dex is good.
1: You can make them a little bit useful if you average them out over the results of a week or a month. And now they're starting to be a little bit, at least, pointing in the right direction.
0: Yeah, for that, we've digressed into this topic very briefly, but for that, um, uh, taking tape measure measurements um, at different points of your body, like yep. your hips, your, a couple of places in your stomach, your arms, yep. is more accurate than you combine that with a scale, or you go into a full-on lab, like a university lab, and get a DEXA scan. Done. If you want your you and you know I got Dexa scans done it, That was fun. The, the thing that shocked me about Dexa scan was that one of my legs had like, like, a, almost like a. Oh, I forget what it was. It was like a considerably more muscle than mm. the other one, and mm-hmm. it was the leg that had an injury, mm. that had less muscle in it. So that was that was interesting. I was wondering if I could train on that. I might favor yeah. the other leg all the time. Yeah. So I found that very interesting. But we're not talking about those macro stuff. We're talking about like wearable sensors primarily. Um, so you get some shaping behavior through visibility. Um, we already mentioned the continuous glucose monitor. You're also using an Apple Watch Series Seven, an Aura Ring, um, and you do a, a ketone breath uh, analyzer to get ketone levels from Ketonics. 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 Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, yeah where, where do you think the, the visibility is, is coming from? Because it, it does make it in a, like a winnable game. Yeah. To some extent. Uh, w- which one of these is, is standing out to you as, the, as one of those that leads to a game you could play?
1: Okay um, one of the things like I've never been a super i not never been a fan of you know cardio training and I think one of the reasons that I've never been a fan is that it's much harder to measure than than lifting like lifting I can you know pick up a certain amount of weight and I, I clearly know how strong I've gotten it's also quite visible. Cardio is it's like where am I standing is actually hard to evaluate. Um, the Apple Watch can pretty accurately estimate your your VO2 max, which is like one of the most important metrics when it comes to determining your, your cardiovascular fitness um, by you just walking around. So you wear this, uh, you work out, you, you do your things, and then you every once in a while when you take a walk, it will it will measure the distance that you've walked and your heart rate that you that you walk this distance um, at, and it will estimate your cardio fitness from that. And now that I have this number and I can look it up in my phone, the amount of time I'm spending working on getting my cardio fitness up, which is you know quite important for being healthy, has really significantly gone up. I will now take more walks, do more exercise specifically for that number because I know that this number exists and I can accurately or I have a measure that I can attack now with a with a plan.
0: Yeah, it's like a scoreboard effect where, like, you know, you can put points up or it's like, you know, a, a poker game where someone's playing for real money, even yeah. nominal money. There can be some very uh, financially successful people. Y- you got $20, $100, something that's a rounding error to somebody on the table. People play cards differently than if you're just playing cards for fun and trying to win hands because, like, you just want to have the most stack of chips at the end of the night. And that's true if it's 100 bucks, and it's true if it's $10,000 mm-hmm. in front of you if you're competitive. It's like, am I winning this game or not?
1: I would say so. It's the, you know, what gets measured gets managed effect. First, you have the the value, the number, it might be your weight, it might be your cardio, it might be your strength. And once you know where you are, I don't know, it's like maybe natural human instinct kicks in that we are we are um, driven to improve and, 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 and strive to become better at things and immediately you're like, okay, now that I have this number, I want to make it go in the right direction.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And that leads into the second point, which is, you know, you talked for you about how the personal sensors that you're using um, give you feedback on something that's hard to manage, right? So we all feel a little better or a little worse when we eat food. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you, you go have the, the Big Mac and, and whatnot, and you're not, not feeling great afterwards. And... But it's very interesting. There's sometimes like, uh, you know, there's different ways to prepare like kebab or shawarma. That mm-hmm. like sometimes you eat a kebab or shawarma, you like feel pretty good. And other times you eat it, you're know, like, man, I feel like garbage, right? So there's like certain, like, yeah, you know what you're getting with McDonald's. But there's a lot of, you know, food types that you might be like, I don't know if this sits with me or not. Or like, what, what offering should I get at this place? Um, and, it, and it seems like this gives you a way to, to have some data and some measurements on what food is doing inside your body.
1: The CGM specifically, yeah, for this is is very insightful. And it's one of those things where it's really hard to know what's going on without the data. Like, uh, I mean, I'm someone who has spent a lot of time t- uh, tweaking his diet and playing with different foods and, and listens to his body. How do I feel? How does this food make me feel? I wouldn't have been able to predict the way my my blood sugar uh, values are going throughout the day based on what I'm eating. What they're doing when I'm sleeping, what they're doing when I'm waking up. Um, and, and a CGM very quickly gives you a, really like a, almost like a reset in terms of your knowledge about how your body reacts or interacts with food that you're eating.
0: Yeah, we had this really funny moment where uh, we were like hanging out, and it's like the late afternoon. And you're like, man, something's wrong. Maybe I'm getting sick or something. Yeah. I don't know, right? And then like an hour and a half later, you had some dinner and you're like, actually, Sebastian, I looked at it and my glucose levels were low and I just ate <laughs> and they're normal <laughs> now. I don't think I was getting sick. <laughs> I just right. needed to eat
1: some food. Yeah. And it exactly. was like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now I have a data point where before I would just have been, hmm, I don't know how, this is a weird feeling. I'm off
0: right now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now I have this like, this is what it feels when your glucose is at this level. Um, Basically. You know
0: what I think people do, by the way? You know what I think people do is I think sometimes people are a little tired, a little run down. Yeah. They're like, man, I need to pick me up. And they go to get a freaking ice cream or a milkshake or something. And they overdo it and swing the other way. Like, they were probably right
1: mm. Yeah. that
0: they needed something. And like a half a banana and some almonds is probably enough to get them right. good. And they like, they overswing. So they go from... Mm. low glucose and elevated uh ghrelin and whatever and then they like bombard their system it's like it's like you got a little anthill in your yard and 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 you like set off dynamite (laughs) in your own yard it's like not the right
1: answer yeah no um that's uh it's common, it's a little bit the way like we are programmed, but I'm uh, yeah, not the right way to do it. It's like a boom and bust cycle on... Totally. on. And uh, just briefly for people, like
0: glucose and what it correlates with, I mean, probably a lot of people know, but not everybody knows.
1: Yeah, um, well, glucose, your, your blood sugar levels, um, obviously, like, you need some of it, it, it powers you, your brain to a certain degree and parts of your body. Um, chronically elevated blood sugar levels, eventually, like you know, lead to diabetes for, for, for several people. But even in healthy people, like, it seems that the the lower this number in general is, your average glucose number and the spikes that you have, um, the lower the average and the lower the spikes, uh, it seems to really point strongly in, in a direction that this is really good for long-term health. Uh, with a number of things, from, from you know diabetes to to even um, mental performance in old age, dementia, Alzheimer's, um, cancer. So it's an important metric. It's something that really sneaks up up on you. It's not hard to. It's very hard to feel what your blood sugar is doing. I don't have that ability really, um, and a CGM can very quickly tell you what's up. And then it will tell you very quickly what's up and then immediately uh, the second effect is that it can really drive your behavior. When I'm wearing a CGM, I make better food choices.
0: (laughs) I've had the same effects in various, I'm tracking and looking at this thing. And it's like, you know, sometimes like you have an opportunity to like, Drop thirty dollars on a meal at the restaurant next door or like walk a half a block and get like equally good food for like twelve dollars. You know what I mean? If there's like yeah. healthy organic food that's like in a little little mm-hmm. hole in the wall, but it's like really nice, it's really good, or like the equivalent next door yeah. at the restaurant in the hotel is thirty. Hey, sometimes you're feeling like lazy guy and you go to the right, you know, the the hotel bar or whatever and get the salad, the Cobb salad yeah. there. When you're tracking your money and looking at every purchase at the end of the week, you're like, I don't want to see, I don't yep. want to see this yep. 30 in there. Yep. I don't want to so see it. it. I don't want to see it. So I'm not going to do it. Not because I get an extra $18 for the same thing by walking a block, but because I just don't want to see that in my yep. numbers.
1: Yeah. Now I have this uh, this field where I'm like, I wrote down for a while what I ate. And just the fact that I had to like you don't want to have to McFleury, write McFlurry Big Mac exactly. XL fries. No, I don't want to. I don't. I'm not eating that because I don't <laughs> want it in my spreadsheet. So that's That's. A, I'm not sure if that's everybody, but it's I certainly. think it's every. I
0: think it's everybody that would make a spreadsheet <laughs> with the food. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's correct. All right. So.
0: So there's the feedback on it, right? So you can get feedback on these things, which which also makes it more trainable, more scoreboardable. There's 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 two types of feedback though. One of them is like a, a learning feedback. This is what a low. Oh hey, by the way, we haven't made the caveat that neither Chris nor I have our MDS or credentials. We're guys that read research papers. We talk with smart people. We Experiment. We try to be rigorous. We try to caveat when we know or don't know something. But like, do your own research. Talk to your doctor. Whatever. Like, we're pretty epistemologically humble. We do hang out with like medical doctors and scientists and swap thoughts with them and stuff like that. We're like into that, and they like treat us with a you know a fair amount of respect as. as not we're not peers in their profession, but you know, we got a good good thing going with various people, but we're not. Do your own research. Mm. You know, yeah. you know uh, maybe make some inferences that seem sound, but right. right. Do your own research, right? Don't trust, don't trust anybody on the freaking internet. Look everything up and read the original papers. All right, need to get that caveat out of the way. So feedback on something that's hard to measure, right? This is what for me, subjectively. Uh, low glucose or elevated yeah. glucose and also the long-term progress on VO2 max. Like, I feel healthier, but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Well, you get some data and now, hey, for the rest of your life, you know, uh, God forbid you're in like a, a car accident or something and you lose a lot of your cardiovascular fitness. You're like, well, if I get back to that range, blah, blah, yeah. blah, a bunch of things like that. Yeah, That's cool. seems like you also are able to have target ranges when you're training.
1: Yeah. Uh, so for feedback, we could almost say there is one thing where there is the, Outcome feedback that would be the hey, we've collected all of this data and we can now, can now tell you your cardio fitness. And then there is the real time as I'm training data. So, for example, when, it, when you look at heart, heart rate, heartbeat ranges, there are different ranges that will sort of train different things in your body. Let's just keep it very simple. And something like the Apple Watch can, can tell you hey you know in this zone which is you know good for training this part of your body or this system in your body or you know in this other zone that trains another system in your body and um, yeah depending on where you want to be and what you want to focus on it's super helpful to be able to just flip your wrist take a look at your watch and know exactly if you're doing the the proper training for for what you're going for
0: yeah, and, and, you know, I'm seeing a lot of uh, cutting-edge athletes doing this. Uh, Floris Gearman, um was a customer of ours yep. and is a friend of ours, and he is very heavy on training around heart rate monitors. It's really revolutionizing a lot of, of sport among um, the really cutting-edge athletes. I, I think it's also going to be, like, I think it's cool, right? Like, you go to a spinning class, and you're, like, You know, like if you're doing something, you're starting to get a little tired. It's like, should I bust it and push myself? It's like instead, it's like, hey, I want to train in this range, right? Mm -hmm. And like, cool, I just stay there. And like, this is the right effort. And if it's like a struggle to stay in the range, then I should push myself a little more stay in the range because I'm trying to do. And I don't want to go up the top of the range and and and, you know move from you know you know if I want to be aerobic, I want to be aerobic. If I want to be anaerobic, I want to be anaerobic. I've got whatever my plan is. Right. Do do you know what I mean? And like, I want to do it. You try to stay in zone. You do a lot of zone two training. That's a big thing for you.
1: Um, It's. Yeah, it has now become something I really spent a lot more time doing. I read up on the science. I understood the reason why I'm doing it. Well, will you walk
0: walk people through zone
1: two training <laughs> first, you um, know. Yeah, basically zone two training. There's a very specific uh, um, um, definition. Basically, it's a certain threshold in which you're you're mostly um, getting the energy from from utilizing your mitochondria, these little. Little things in your cells that can produce energy at a very efficient rate. The thing is, they when you when you push yourself too hard, you're actually switching away from from using them primarily. And so, so on. too. you know, it's actually made my training easier because I often was pushing myself slightly too hard. And so spending thirty forty minutes on the treadmill was was exhausting because I was going a little bit too hard. Now I can I can see exactly where I should be and this exactly where it should be is actually an, an a slightly easier way for me to train. So I'm enjoying my zone 2 training much more than the, I think I'm in zone 2 training that I was than, that I was doing before.
0: Yeah, it lets you precisely calibrate. I want to be at this heart rate, this oxygen yeah. usage, this whatever. And we, so some of the sensors, right? And we're not sensors experts. I mean, you, you, you and I probably know a lot more than the, the average person, but I'm not a specialist in these things. I do know you've got a, um, you know, an engineering background. You're very curious. Okay. So you probably know a lot about these things. My understanding is a lot of times they're taking strong correlations and extrapolating them. Um, you know, you know, so like like when you said the. Um, you know, they're taking your walking speed and your mm-hmm. heart rate and then they're calculating as yeah. opposed to being in the, I believe VO2 max used to be like this tunnel thing right. with a thing that you're breathing in or, yeah. or like like a freaking like sports lab thing. Right.
1: Yeah, you would generally measure exactly the, the amount of air that you take in yeah. and then you measure the air that you breathe out and then you can actu- accurately determine your VO2 max and they're, they probably have like a huge data set of of these type of tests, right. and they can match them. Yeah,
0: and you know. the accuracy is getting better all the time. And yeah. the other thing is, and this is where we're in um, irresponsible speculative territory. <laughs> it's our favorite. It's our favorite place to hang out scientifically. <laughs> no, but but if saying that you're irresponsibly spe- its, it's by the way it's a catch twenty-two in science. If you say we're now irresponsibly speculating, you're not irresponsibly because that's a very responsible thing to say. I mean. It's a reasonable point of departure to assume that, for instance, um, your glucose levels are going to be correlated. You know, unless you've got some some medical condition or something unusual, they're going to be correlated with your um, your glucose levels are going to be correlated with your, your insulin and your insulin sensitivity levels. Yeah. They're going to be correlated with your ghrelin levels and 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 mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Um, as a point of departure, they might vary for you. Everybody's different, has all kinds of yeah. different characteristics. As these sensors and devices get better. And you could start putting them together. You could like control for, hey, I've got an elevated C-reactive protein level and the glucose. C-reactive protein's a right. marker of yep. uh, inflammation. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, you get that number. You get that number from a lab test. You want to get that down. You're like, whoa, totally. this my inflammation levels. I want to like, okay, no more fried chicken. I like fried chicken, right. but I'm not doing it. Right, right. So over time, we'll have more and more of these things inferenced and cross-referenced and particular yeah. personalities where you can get your training to look exactly what you want it to look like and what exactly you want it to do for your body. Like our, like, like somebody who's like 30 right now, their grandkids are going to have Star Trek, Star Wars, mm-hmm. tech telling them all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah, at the moment, it's still a bit, you collect the data and the analysis is mostly up to you sometimes like something with the cardio like the Apple watch will tell you hey you're in the low area or you're in, in, in average or you're in, you're in good but you will have to somehow make the analysis for a certain degree or make then the changes you will have to deti- determine what to do with the information but I think over time you know this, this will the, the, the software will be able to much closer link different things together how's your cardio and your glucose connected to your inflammation and maybe to something you eat or some medicine you took and um, yeah I think we're not that far off from then also getting um, some kind of prescription hey you should be doing this activity and you should be doing this activity not like your mom or someone else but this is specifically now tailored to all of the data that we have collected for you Um, I think that's going to become really interesting.
0: Yeah, that's cool. One thing I'll just mention in passing, which is, is dangerous ground. We're not taking positions on regulatory or anything. We try to be neutral. We try to model the world correctly and we just treat these things as, as they are. We don't, we're, mm. we're, we're scientists and the minute that you take a political position is the minute that your science and causality gets less accurate. So we're not saying there's not better or worse political positions. We're just saying we're of more utility to the world by being neutral, it lets us perceive More accurately, and not taking sides, even on fairly obvious things, I will say this is a trade-off, just in passing, because people are like, "Wow, that's really cool." Is like because of the paths that a lot of these came out of medical device shops and similar, and a lot of these things are adjacent to medicine or imply pharmacological um, interventions or whatever. It's a weird thing that's just worth pointing out that in uh, you know well-regulated countries with a regulatory base, the EU, the United States, whatever, it's a weird thing that you can just irresponsibly speculate in Men's Health magazine about how everyone should train pumping and, pump and iron and bicep cur- curls, whereas looking at someone's sensor data and yeah. their lab tests yeah. and suggesting what they should do is the edge of regulated, it's kind of a gray area. So right. that's something that I'm, I'm just predicting will change. I'm not even advocating, I'm just predicting. That's kind of an annoying thing that trying to be responsible and epistemologically sound crosses over in a regulated territory because that's historically a, a doctor's mm. Territory, so I, I know that's why some of these technical. Because yeah. we looked into doing some of some of the stuff at UltraWorking and it's like not clear when it crosses into regulated, mm. you know, right. um, and in and, and different countries vary tremendously, and and you know we're leaving the Wild West internet era when screw it, blah blah blah, they'll figure it out later. It's like you know, like you want to want to be in compliance or whatever, um, but yeah, I, th- I think an interesting future is coming. You talked about three things: shaping behavior through visibility, um, the feedback on something that's that's hard to measure, and then. And, and that's more of like a that's more of like a learning general learning feedback than like a targeting feedback of like staying in a zone, right? Yeah, yeah. You want to just walk through a little bit about what devices you're using? This is cool factor. We're like not telling anyone to buy any of this. It's totally unnecessary until you get your fundamentals dialed in. If you're an enthusiast, you love the stuff. Do it anyways. You're already doing it anyways. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and this is Chris's stack. Not necessarily best in class. I've used some of these other ones. I haven't. But, uh, yeah, what are you using? You got okay. the Apple Watch and what are you doing with it?
1: Yeah, so um, I, I started off with the Aura Ring uh, for sleep tracking. Sleep tracking and also measuring, they, they take something called your heart rate variability, which can tell you how well you rested and you've recovered and it, you know, I work out a lot. So I want to know if today is a good day to, to hit it hard or maybe take it a little bit easy. Um, then I use the Apple Watch. Um, that, um, it gives me the following data that I really like it gives me an estimate of my resting and active energy which I can use some calculator to give me a, a number like how many calories am I burning but the Apple watch can actually do that much more precisely with um, measuring your 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 pulse and and, and your movement um, then it gives me my vo2 max which is this my it, it tells me how good my cardio is and I'm it told me it was bad. And now oh, that got me very motivated. It's motivating, to, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, like my Apple Watch is, you know, dissing me every single day. And I, I just, yeah, I couldn't have that. So um, then it helps me to stay in the training zone that I want, zone two training. Um, it tells me, you know, activity levels and I really try to get them up. Um, and then sleep tracking. The Apple Watch has become very solid when it comes to, to sleep tracking as well. And um, I will, you know, look at that and and, and see if I can make some changes to the the way I approach things. Um, Then every once in a while, not at the moment not all the time, um, I will put on a continuous glucose monitor. Um, The one I'm using is called Freestyle Libre 3. They're tiny at this point, tiny little dot that you put in the back of your arm. And this will uh, tell you in real time what your blood sugar levels are doing and I've used this to run experiments like seeing, hey, if I eat this food, what will my blood sugar do? Versus if I eat this food, and I have banned certain foods from my list. There were meals I I would have on a regular basis that I thought were totally fine. That would make my blood sugar just spike almost uncontrollably, and I, I didn't eat those foods after that because now I finally knew. And I do this mostly for longevity, and to a certain degree also for short-term performance. Um, And then I have a a, a ketone breathalyzer. I have something called the ketonics that can basically breathe into and it will tell me my my ketone levels and this is for people who are on a very low carb diet, like a ketogenic diet. This will just tell you exactly, um, you wanna get into a state called ketosis, it's hard to know if you are in ketosis if you don't have something like this.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Breathalyzer, when you and I were playing with this um, a couple years ago when we were hanging out, we had to like cut, not not cut, but like a little tiny pinprick of blood to check our uh, ketosis levels. And you put them in this very Star Trek looking device, but it only does one thing, which is you put your blood on a strip and then you put the strip in there and they're like a dollar each. So the idea that there's a breathalyzer that does it now is even a major advance. It was like a headache. Yeah, It was like a headache and expensive two years ago.
1: Yeah, the, the, the blood blood pricks are still a little bit more precise. Of course. Yeah, they're they're the state of the art and I have one of those as well, but yeah, if I don't um, need them all the time, that's definitely a plus.
0: Yeah, and that's the, the last thing you said is quite interesting, right, is sometimes you want fine-grained training and certainly if you're competing very hard in a sport or if you're managing a tricky medical condition, you might want to know down the letter, yeah. You know, for other things like the order of magnitude, right. is is quite good. You know, different fruits yeah. will affect people differently, and if you can select a fruit you really like that is good for you, as opposed to a fruit that you like which is bad for you. Yeah, um, and and people people also seem to respond differently to different foods.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, there is this thing called the uh, glycemic index, which gives. Certain foods, a number of sugar will have 100 and then bread will have, I don't know, I think 80 or something, which is basically giving you like a measure of how much it makes your blood sugar spike. But these are averages and the the precise number that a certain food might spike your specific blood sugar could look very different from, from this average. And um, yeah, that's for example... Some people tolerate rice really well. Mm. I actually don't tolerate rice that well. Like comparatively worse than other foods that that rank worse.
0: Yeah, I, I should actually CGM properly because like I swore by oatmeal for years. Like the the not the the cheap stuff, but the mm-hmm. the the it's actually very inexpensive. It's one of the cheapest calories you could get. But the boring the whole yeah. oats. Then I didn't cook the heck out of my I didn't any crap to it. I would just hot water over it, um, maybe with a little bit of you know cinnamon on them or protein powder or something if I needed to change the composition a little bit. But My body tolerated that quite well. It seemed like very clean burning energy that just played really nice for me. Other people would get on yeah. it and they just like, I feel like crap as if I just ate a couple of pastries. I don't feel good on this at all. So it's, it's interesting that our bodies digest and process and reply differently both because of, you know, a lot of times when a food tastes really good for somebody, I've, I've heard that sometimes that's because they were deficient in that, mm. in a nutrient yeah. that's in there, you know, like yeah. when and I've also heard, and I, I don't have papers off the top of my head, so I could be wrong and you might be being, I, I love, by the way, the replication crisis that now you can caveat all the time and not <laughs> sound like you're just paranoid. It's like, I don't know, it could be, could have been just smoke blowing. But I've heard actually when pregnant women get cravings for food, that's, There's actually a soundness to that where, like, yeah, the blueberries have something in them that she needs uh, for herself and the baby. Um, But yeah, we seem to already have different baselines of what our diet looks like, anyways, on top of that. So, how it's doing, and then who the heck knows the processing speed and metabolism uptake. A,
1: the, Whether the, it
0: gets over a threshold of X Y Z or yeah. not, yeah.
1: The, the activity of a certain enzyme in your body versus yeah. someone else's body, uh, absolutely could have an Im- impact.
0: Enzymic power is that a scientific? No, <laughs> well, <it's>, uh, <laughs> his, his enzymic power is not high enough to handle that food. No, I, I just made that up. Everyone just for the record, enzymic power stuff. I mean, it might be actually, but I don't think so.
1: Um, yeah, it's certain like how well you convert. Uh, you know some precursors into the active ingredients. The, act, the, the active ingredients could absolutely be the reason why some people do good on a diet, and other people don't do good on the same diet. And I think the one diet fits all approach, for example, is yes, something that I've. False. I was, I you know, I when I was on the you know on the top of the Dunning Kruger uh, for on on mountain for a diet, I thought, you know, if everybody just eats this, everybody will be, I don't know. But you don't um, want to
0: be on the top of the Dunning-Kruger mountain, everyone, but <laughs> just for the record, it's like, it's like a bad, it's actually like you're at the bottom of a hole, but think you're on a mountain. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit, yeah. it's like uh, an inversion of,
1: um, it's the opposite of the top of the world. Yeah, now it's like, uh, there's absolutely a lot of personal um, difference and variability in, in what makes sense for one person and doesn't make sense for the other person.
0: And like, that's where sensors are cool is it lets you, and again, we don't want to overhype. the block. People are like, Oh, the future's here. Like, like yeah, some of them are pretty cool, but like you gotta, yeah. you gotta put in some work and maybe some cash and certainly some time and thinking right. to make these things productive for yourself. And it's not the lowest hanging fruit by any stretch, but it does hold out the promise that you can find what foods actually work well for you. And like, what yeah. is the, like how many, uh, if you're on the bicycle or you're running, like how many footfalls or how many pedal rotations, uh, whatever, RPMs or whatever, like what is the ideal amount of those for you to work your heart out at your heart's condition level and your bodily mass and all uh, other stuff
1: that's about you. Um, that's cool. Right. One thing that I really like, this is a bit of a side tangent, I actually gave my parents each an Apple Watch and one of the features, that it has is you can share health data with each other. And uh, I don't know, it makes me feel very, it, it gives me a good feeling of comfort that I can sort of see remotely how they're doing. I can see if they're being active. I can get some information. that really tells me like if they're, I think that data would now tell me if they're not doing well, if they're being inactive, if they have an injury, if they're, I don't know, not doing so well, that, that would show up. and. Um, it also has some security features like notifying um, your your contacts if you fall. Huh. Now those are things that they used to be a that used to be a separate device that you would pay a couple hundred dollars for that you would install in your you know grandmother's uh, apartment if she you know turns eighty. And now it's a net. It's a side feature on a device that has so many other capabilities that's just sitting on your wrist and. Um, as these things become more and more powerful and more and more um, capabilities are being added, it's just going to you know take that to the next level over time. Yeah, and I mean that's
0: cool. You can be like, Muta, muta, zebus t- zone two, zones via training mocking. <laughs> Mom, you need to do more zone two training. Step it up, I'm watching you. Son, I hate your watch. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's that's really cool. And that's a great way. And I could see a future where, you know, you know, different people, you know I, I, I at the risk of saying something,, ah, I don't want to sound reckless, I, I think I, I hold this position very, very lightly, and and nobody overquote me on this, but I really think people probably shouldn't have, except in the extreme cases where it's called for pharmacological intervention for depression until they've been on a strength training program for like a few mm-hmm. weeks to see if that clears right. it up because that's according to every research paper I've seen a lot and I've never seen anyone disagree with this it's more effective than pharmacology in treating anything except for treatment resistant deep dark right. and I'm not I'm certainly not an anti-pharmacology crusade as you can tell from listening to the show we're into biochemistry and the interactions with it and stuff like that but you know having your therapist before they check out you know, before they say, you know, oh, wow, you're feeling bad. Is that because, uh, you know, you got passed over at work? It's like, well, look at your glucose levels. Right. Look at your inflammation levels. Look at your heart rate levels. There's something wrong with you. You, should, you shouldn't be talking to me about, yeah, maybe you think you should have gotten a promotion at work, but you need to go see an endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. You need to go see a trainer. You know what I mean? You need to sort that out. And being able to rule that out before people go to talk therapy is needed when right. somebody could be just jacked on a chemical level. Right. You know, um, and also before you do major chemistry stuff, try gentle interventions. Super interesting across the board, just like you're keeping an eye on your parents, you can have your various healthcare, mental health, whatever providers keep an eye on you as, again, probably not in 2022, probably not in 2023, but, but someday, probably within our lifetimes, this will be the standard.
1: I think it's moving in that direction and, and uh, yeah, these things are already, if I look at what was possible ten years ago, I started with like the the first versions of all of these companies that have now gone jawbone up. Yeah, I have my jawbone up, man. Yep, yeah, like I bought oh, so gee. many devices that went out of business a year later. I lost the charger. I still have the jawbone
0: <laughs> in my parents' attic, so I can wear it like as jewelry if I want to.
1: Yeah, um, but now it's really getting to the point where I I personally get a lot of value from them. I enjoy it. It it uh, drives my behavior and. You know, I just um, stay at the at the forefront and um, and see what's what's coming down the pipeline. Thank you, Chris, for everybody listening.
0: Yeah, we're just riffing. We're certainly not necessarily recommending anything in particular. I will say again, you know, before you go drop a bunch of cash, depending on where your finances are at, hey, if you love to play with the newest, latest, or greatest, I bought an Oculus just to play with it for a few weeks just to keep current on the state of tech. Some people are in a position where they can benefit from that and afford that. Other people aren't. You don't need to drop a bunch of fancy cash to get your fundamentals dialed in. Once they are, or if you get a competitive athlete or you want to see where the future's going, these things can be cool. The sensors can be really cool. Um, Chris gave a few guidance points and a few pointers here. Um, and uh, and really the reason to start acclimating now if you're not already a top athlete is they're going to be bananas good
1: right. within our lifetimes. Pretty... I, I would put... A, a good percentage of, of chance on that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with the near certainty on that one, but I don't know what's that. 90, I'm at 90, 90, 95 that censors would be uh, agreed by four out of five people to be bananas good <laughs> within our lifetime. <laughs> okay. Those are my, what, are, what are your odds? What are your bananas good odds? Four out of five people say they're bananas good. Bananas good, okay. Uh, Presuming uh, they would talk yeah, like that. They can't uh, reject uh, it as they're too sophisticated.
1: I think um, I think, yeah, you're right about that. uh, What's your number, though? I'm 95. 95? I mean, I'll I'll take the
0: 90, just... uh, All right. Double the uncertainty there. (laughs) Double the risk profile of me. A little conservatism. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, bananas good sensors are coming your way within your lifetime with a 90-95% likelihood, according to Natter and Marshall. Um, Hey, this was a lot of fun, Chris. Appreciate you sharing the personal guidance. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Be well.